Today in the podcast, I interview Dr. Patrick Moore, who is an active percussion performer, educator, arranger, adjudicator, and international clinician. He is a versatile percussionist with experience in many areas of percussion, from concerts to marching. He has performed at various state day of percussion events and presented clinics at music education conferences. Currently, Patrick is the director of bands at South Carolina State University in Orangeburg, South Carolina. At South Carolina State, Patrick directs the athletic bands, teaches percussion lessons and oversees all of the university bands. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for coming here today. Thank you for having me. I noticed one saying at the front of your website, um, you've got a number of quotations on the front of your website and the link will be in the description for listeners below, whether they're watching on YouTube or in the audio format. This is a quotation from Aaron Copeland and he says, to stop the flow of music would be like the stopping of time itself, incredible and inconceivable, end quote. How true is that? Music is so Uh, integral to our lives. It is um, very, very, very much uh, important to all of our lives. And that's one of the reasons I love that quote so much is it speaks on so many different things with so little less words. Yes. And, you know, if you just try to imagine a world of no music or just a world of no sound, and it's really difficult for us as musicians or just us general people who just love listening to music to to do those things. Like I said, music is everywhere, whether it's from watching TV, being at the movies, what you hear on the radio. Um, Music just does so much for all of our lives that it would be very, very difficult if it did not exist. Oh, completely. I mean, it's it's around us everywhere we go, whether it's in a shop or a library. Well, I wouldn't say a Mm -hmm. library, that's a bad example, but restaurants. it's just everywhere, just everywhere. Now, you've got a doctorate in music, but I'm curious, how did your story begin with music? Like, how did it all just come into your life? Yeah, well, I have, I have a doctorate in higher education with a separate study in music. All right. But I do have my master's and bachelor's in music as well. But I started in, with music from, you know, third grade, really, as far as playing and performing um, generally in my uh, church growing up. I was always fascinated by the drums. Uh, I used to always after church as well, besides playing the drums, try to play different melodies and things that I may have heard on TV, on the piano. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I started to figuring out um, those things. And I realized that this is something that made me extremely happy. It's something I always enjoyed doing. And I really kind of started really pursuing it uh, a whole lot. So any type of melody I could hear, on TV, I was running back to a piano if possible, whenever I could find one, trying to figure out a way to play it. Um, I remember when I first found out how to play the Jeopardy theme music uh, from the final Jeopardy, and I thought that I was like a genius. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, amazing. It, it kept me so, it kept me so interested uh, with with music, and it made me wanted to expound upon music a whole lot more. And I, I begged my mother to. Um, you know, buy me music books so that I could start learning how to properly um, do things. I was constantly watching any other drummer, um, trying to copy and mimic things that they were doing. And just really just expounded upon it the entire time um, until I got old enough. And we had band in school. Of course, I joined band and um, just kind of stuck with it and made a career out of it. Fantastic. And did singing ever come into your life? I mean, were you ever encouraged to join a church choir or anything like that? 
So I was in a church choir, um, the youth choir. Um, I did not prefer the singing aspect as much, but the singing aspect became important as I got older, particularly as I started writing music for Marimba. Um, you know, being able to hum or hear different melodies and then be able to write it down and put it on paper and then perform it. Um, also, uh, it became very important because I did, when I was in graduate school at Texas Tech for my master's, I did play piano at a church uh, on Sundays as well. So just something else that kept kind of broadened, again, my musical knowledge um, as playing. So, the, you know, using all the things I learned in music theory and being able to apply them, you know, every single week, um, whether it's in rehearsal or, or at a church service or some form of a performance. Um, so, like I said, it just, I try to use all the different things that I learned uh, over the time, particularly being in church, whether that was singing or playing one of the instruments and just really just try to make a career of it. And, you know, it worked out very well. Lots of hard work, got noticed by a lot of um, artists in the area yeah. uh, from where my parents live. Got to do a lot of performances, especially with street performers. All oh, those things just made great. me, you know, so much better as a musician. And when did you start kind of playing with other people? Because, you know, if, if you're, I'm thinking now of novices beginning their musical journey and they're like they're beginning on their own in their private practice room at what stage did you start to kind of jam with other people like yourself at the time and all that uh you know i had some you know my my family's background is really big with music uh on my father's side they had lots of different singing musical groups um that sung in churches uh when they were younger same thing on my mother's side um except i had a lot more instrumentalists on my mother's side so I, I spent a lot of time growing up getting to kind of play with a lot of my cousins and my uncles and my aunts um, during that time, um, playing with people who were above around my age. Um, some of my younger cousins and I would get together generally after church and kind of just be messing around, you know, on the piano and on the drums and doing some things. And two, we actually started our own um, a little male chorus. And then we were the musicians for that singing group. And we, that's when we really got to expound upon our abilities of, you know, becoming and developing to be mus uh, musicians and learning again, watching what other people had done, trying to mix it in with the music and things that we were doing. And then also just trying to find our own particular style, like trying to find your own voice um, per se. So it took a lot of work, um, but it was fun and while doing the process of doing so. But I'm sure you learned an awful lot about, you know, things like rhythm. Um, balancing mm -hmm. sound, you know, knowing that the drums couldn't take over, we'll say guitars or whatever other instruments were there at the time and kind of pulling that sound back a bit, softening it to make maybe the singers protrude more out front. I mean, did you learn all that through the jamming procedure, if you are, if you will? Yes, um, a lot of that. Also from just listening to a lot of older records, um, not listening to like the actual vocal tracks, but just instrumental tracks. So uh, I remember when this is when Gosh, when Walmart used to sell music CDs. Uh, when was I used that? To take my, oh, <laughs> it was like early 90s. Uh, oh, it seems ages of, ago. Yeah, I know. I used to save all of my allowance money. And whenever we would go to Walmart, I would buy instrumental CDs. And did not want to hear what the voice was doing, but I wanted to hear how the music was being mixed and how it was performing and how certain instruments would take the lead, some instruments played background, some instruments were just playing harmonies. And then again, trying to mimic those things, but also trying to understand why were those things taking place. And then when I was able to hear the instrumental track singing along with the music, it was like, oh, okay, now it really makes sense. So when should the band come out more? When should they back off? 
Why does a singer voice do this? Uh, does it clash with the music? Does the music change this? How do we switch these moods from happy to sad? Um, all those different, and then watching movies. Oh my gosh, sometimes I would be so distracted from just the music. I didn't ever get to really actually watch the movies. So there are times I would watch movies two or three times and my mom would be like, what are you doing? And it's just like, well, the first the time I didn't really watch it, I just listened to the music. Yeah. And then like the second time, it's like, I kind of did both. And then the last time it's like, okay, I actually watched the movie so I could enjoy it. That's amazing. Um, but just listening for all the ways that the composers yeah. were able to do things and, and mix things and use the different harmonies. And then when you start taking music in school, you realize what these things are called mm -hmm. um, between major and minor, the chord structures, uh, you know, the theoretical aspect of everything. And it was just so interesting to me. It was all that I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. And improvising. Um, I know in your community, for example, when I, I love listening to your community and how you express hymn music in churches, I just mm -hmm. love that. I think your community are probably the best at it. But the improvisations that happen in that type of environment, is that a learned skill or is that just something that's kind of comes from a lot of effort and practice and rehearsal? Well, I believe it is somewhat of a learned skill, but also, you know, we like to say, you know, it's a feeling. Um, that's when you do your best improvisations or expounding upon the music, uh, particularly being a church musician. It's all about the feel and the flow of, of everything that's going on. It's amazing. Yeah, we practice some, we practice some things, um, but some things just naturally come. Yeah. Um, you know, growing up, you know, playing, being a church musician, we ex church musicians really expound on a lot of different harmonies, mm -hmm. playing a lot of different things on melody, cross melodies, mixing things. Um, switching different bass lines on a continuous basis, um, you know, making all the different things match. And, you know, so it's a lot of what am I feeling in this moment that's matching with the music? Um, how will the, the, the church members or your audience respond to what you are doing? And how can you keep the flow of music really going, but just put a little, what we used to call, we used to call like a spicy twist on it the entire <laughs> time when playing. Um, yeah. And that's one of the things, even now, when I teach a lot of my students private lessons, you know, I'm telling them, you know, what are you feeling when you play the music? Don't just play the notes on a page, but every song should tell a story. And, you know, what's the story that you hear when you are performing this, you know, this music? And that will help you become a better musician. And, you know, particularly, this is one thing I love about jazz is that you get to be so free oh with it. Goodness, you yes. get to show all of your skills and abilities and things that you have accomplished and learn and practice over the time um, and a lot of it again it's just it's what am I feeling in this moment that's going to enhance this music so really you're getting students to move beyond the sheet music because I notice with a lot of novices or lower intermediates they're so hooked into what they're reading and like it gets louder here it gets softer there and you have the louds and the softs and they're really going by it exactly as it's on the sheet mm -hmm. so what other ways can students move beyond the sheet and make music more musical um, you know, one, I, I like to tell students, you know, use your imagination. Yes, these are notes on a page to an extent. We want you to play what's on the page, but we want you to also put yourself on the page. You know, you're the one performing it. Um, with all of my compositions and things that I've written um, in my method books and things, I, I always leave a little note that says, students, please have the ability to add additional dynamics, you know, play it to make it for you. Um, and I think that's one thing that's made me very successful with a lot of my books is that, yes, they are their notes on the page, but I want to hear the freedom of what the students can do. So when directors bring me in to 
work with their students and they're playing a piece of music that I've written. Um, I love to hear all the different interpretations. And sometimes I'm just like, wow, I, sh I should have wrote that in the first place. Uh, I love the way how you're playing that. Yeah. Uh, but it shows the creativity and music allows us to be creative. So I always tell students, think beyond the page. You know, there, there may be something that says soft here, but you might like it to be a little bit louder, you know, um, or you might want it to be extremely soft, be overly dramatic um, with it. But we want to see you be creative, start to think outside that world because no one wants to hear the same thing over and over and over and over yeah. again. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to hear something be slightly different. So no matter how many renditions that you hear of the same song, there's always going to be something slightly different about it that's going to continue to grasp your ear because it's something that I believe those people put themselves into that song or to that music um, to showcase what their talents and abilities are. And that's what I want the students to be able to do. Yeah. And how many instruments can you play, by the way? Ah, uh, God, with percussion, there's so many. Um, so if you think about uh, drum set was the first instrument that I really started on. Of course, piano. Um, I do marching snare, concert snare, timpani, um, all the other auxiliary. As a music education major uh, in the public school, you have to learn how to play all the instruments of the band. I can't play them all extremely well, but I can teach beginner students um, what they need to know to move up to an intermediate level uh, on flute, clarinet. So, you know, it's definitely 10 plus instruments that I can play. Um, yeah. I do stay around in the percussion world. That's my kind of comfort zone. Um, but even with uh, my collegiate students, there are times when we're in rehearsal, I might grab a horn and sit in with another section uh, for a little bit and try to keep up and play with them. And um, the student, they just laugh at me, of course, because they're so much better at me because they do that instrument every single day. Yeah. But yeah. It, um, it builds community between myself and the students. Um, it builds trust. They see that I'm willing to, you know, essentially fail in front of them, but they see that I'm also going to continue to work hard. And it makes them want to work hard and also develop and become better musicians. It's a very beautiful way, actually. It's a very beautiful thing because there's so much elitism from the professional. Mm -hmm. Very often you have professional people, you know, that have a high level of skill and you know, they don't come down and recognize that, you know, they can have fun in that way and connect with with their students in that way. That's very special. And, you know, I think you have genres of music, you know, you've got blues, you've got jazz, you know, you've got all these, uh, you've got, you know, hymn music as from your community in the States and so on. What genres of music do you specialize in? And you do marching bands as well, by the way. So like what genres are you really expert in? Um, You know, I would say definitely, uh... Any form of contemporary music uh, would be my, my most expert thing. I, of course, I grew up on a lot of blues and jazz. So those things I can pick up extremely fast and add to them and, and do a lot of things. Um, and then, of course, my church background of, you know, all the different harmonies, rhythm, four-part harmonies, singing um, traditional hymns and being able to add to them are probably my biggest, strongest points because that's what I grew up around. Um, I grew up in West Memphis, Arkansas, which is right next to Memphis, Tennessee, where you have blues legends of Isaac Hayes, B.B. King, you know, all these great people who, oh um, you know, stacks music records exactly yeah. not that far from, uh, from where my parents live. So I grew up being over in Memphis on downtown, listening to these musicians perform. Um, I've gotten to play at some of their clubs actually. 
um, oh, you know, playing with some, um, I played with Wayne Jackson, who, um, amazing trumpet player with Stax Music Records, who used to travel with Elvis Presley. So, you know, picking up information from, you know, guys like that, getting to talk to them, seeing how they perform, and I get to incorporate that into how I perform, just made me so much of a better musician. Well, I mean, you're you're telling a lesson right there. Surround yourself with people better than yourself. Exactly. And, and be okay with surrounding yourself around people yeah. who are better than you because you can do nothing but learn. Um, oh, golden nuggets of knowledge. I, I always nuggets. tell people that, you know, even my staff, um, I enjoy not being the smartest person in the room because even though, yes, I'm going to work extremely hard, I love getting and learning from other people as well because it helps me expound to be a better person as well as being a better musician. So anytime I have the opportunity to be around someone who's, who's much better than me, I just soak up as much knowledge as I possibly can. But there's there's such an inherited culture in your community of, of that type of music and so many cultural connections in a sense mm-hmm. that it's it's like it's so important to inherit that and it like do you document all of this knowledge that you're picking up oh yes of course because a lot mm. of these things uh whether whether you know it or not you use it in your everyday life of being a musician so there are things that i've learned when i was back in high school that i still teach to my current students now just because the practices of it makes so much sense and will make them a better musician. And I know because it's things that I've done that has made me a great musician. Um, if I didn't listen to those people, um, I would have never been able to travel the world performing. Um, I've traveled and performed in, in Beijing, China. I've been in North, uh, South America. I've been in Guatemala um, performing and teaching. Um, I've performed with the United States Army and Field Band. Um, like I said, I've wow. toured with Stax Records, uh, people like that. And you don't get to do those things by not listening to people who are like oh, what yeah. I consider top in the game. Mm. So I, I just, again, I love the fact of getting to meet musicians who are just great at what they do. Mm. And I'm always trying to pick their brain. You know, hey, how do you do this? Why, what do you think about this? What is your mindset on, on teaching the students to do this? What is your mindset on performing this way? Yeah. Um, and then... When I mention these things, my students are like, oh, my God, you're so smart. And I'm just like, nah, you know, you're just asking intelligent questions. <laughs> yeah. Asking the right questions, in a sense, when you're around those people. And in terms of your publications, then what publications have you to date? You, you mentioned that you have manuals. Um, yes. Yeah, so I've written um, solo books for Snare, Timpani and Marimba. Also, just individual solos um, and percussion ensemble with. Um, Alfred Publishing Company, also uh, with Kindle Music, and I'm now in the works of pub- self-publishing more music uh, with C. Allen Publications here in the States. Uh, anyone can you know, go to either one of those sites and just type in my name and my publications will come up. And I tried to do a lot of the writing for um, grade levels two to four. So again, somewhat of your slightly past beginner to your intermediate level students who are about to go to an advanced level mm-hmm. stage and try to write things that one, I find extremely interesting that you can play it you know, every single day and never get bored with it. Um, and also realize that there's something that you can always add to and break down that's going to continue to challenge you um, as a performer each time. And, you know, I use my students as guinea pigs a lot. Uh, a lot of things I write things Testing. and I'm going, hey, let's re- yeah. play this. Let's see how this goes. 
um, and seeing how they react to it, because I know if they enjoy it, they, you know, other people will also enjoy it as well. well that's it. it. It needs to be enjoyable, really. I mean, it's come on, it's music it has to be enjoyable. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I always said, you know, I don't I don't know how other kids went to college or just school in general and did not, you know, be in some form of extra activity such as band or choir. If I had to be a regular student to just go to school, do work and go home, I don't think I oh. would have, you know, made no. it through school, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. Music was the spice of life for me when I was in school. But you're a director of bands as well. Now, I'm curious about mm -hmm. this whole thing about bands because I have been observing or watching or learning about the, the world of bands in recent months. And what you see is, for those who are listening who are not aware, you have this huge group of people on a football pitch in the States and mm -hmm. The marching is so in time. The music is so in time. You could have, I don't know what the numbers are. Would you have 50, 80 musicians, maybe 100? I'm not sure. There's all different sizes. And I don't know how you pull it all together. It's some task. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a theatrical production. Uh, every time we get on the field, um, we're looking for performing music that will interact with the audience. Um, also, that will interact in what the students will love to continue to do. Um, it is a lot. It is uh, band is almost like a small military family when you think about the different things that they do, such as precision marching, um, the marching and the playing. Yes. Um, there's also a dance component added to it. And, you know, memorizing all of those things and taking all these individuals and making them into one group that performs at a high level is a lot, especially when you have larger numbers. You know, we had, uh, I think last year, we had about 130 um, people in our in our band program. Um, that's instrumentalists, plus we have color guard with the flags, and then we have the dance teams, and putting all of that together to make 130. one- 130. You know, putting that's something. To, yeah. That's something. Putting that together to make a theatrical production, you know, for 10 minutes at halftime, um, for the audience to enjoy. That's a lot. But then we also go back in the stands and then we play the entire game as well. Um, so it's a whole lot of music. Um, you know, the students, they learn about 60 to 90 different songs um, from August to December that they are performing. Wow. 60 and, to 90 songs. Wow. Yeah. And that, you know, that that's a whole lot uh, to memorize uh, during those times. But I have a great staff that's always assist and help. So I don't have to do everything on my own. Um, we split up, we all support each other and the students see how hard we work for them. So they work hard for us. But, um, you know, there are some bands in the States that are way bigger than ours. So I, I remember when I was an undergrad at the University of Arkansas, we had over 350 people um, in our marching band program. Wow. Yes, ma'am. And, <laughs> you know, doing large productions, as it's, it's a lot of work we my put goodness. in. Like what... It, Everyone sees the end result on that weekend at the football game, um, but they don't see the, you know, five to six hours plus every single day that the students put in leads up to that one uh, 10 minute performance that we get to do. It's incredible. And, you know, then and then in the spring semesters, we do jazz band. We also do concert band um, to perform different formats of literature um, by other amazing composers um, from around the world. And, you know, it's just do whatever we can to broaden our students' knowledge of music. And just the same thing with, with history class, music is history. So we're teaching our students not only just music, but we're also teaching them history. I like to always tell the students kind of what the background of the pieces are that we're playing oh, it's so important. and how they were affected because it helps bring out the emotional aspects 
of what you want them to um, be able to dis- perform and display mm-hmm. while performing the music. Um, like I always said, no matter where you are in the world, music can bring uh, people together. Oh, you know, totally. whether you cannot, you can maybe not be able to speak the same language, but music is the language that you yes. definitely will understand. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And for somebody who wants to kind of head towards the direction of maybe becoming a member in one of those bands you mentioned or something similar, you know, the marching bands, what is the route to actually getting into that world of marching bands? Well, we always, always say we want to get students to get started. One, just learning an instrument uh, was always an important thing. And now there's so many different resources. Um, I've had a student who was never in band in middle school or high school, um, but really wanted to be in a college marching band. So he watched YouTube videos for a whole summer, bought a trumpet, and is now like one of our best trumpet players that we I have in the it. band. That's brilliant. Um, so it's like, you, you know, you, you have the resources there now. You got to have a will, have a drive to want to do it because it is a lot of work. Um, and I presume there's lot. some, there's some, there must be some entrance criteria. You yes, know, we, try- generally, we generally ask students to audition. Um, we want to just see what your playing ability is. Um, but ultimately we tell students, you know, don't worry if you're not as great as you think you should be because it's our job to help you get to that level. We just want to see what you are capable of being able to do. So we have students, they learn their scales. Some students, they learn a few different songs. Um, they'll come in, they'll do, uh, you know, anywhere from a 10 to 30 minute audition of them just playing on their instrument. Um, and we'll talk to them about the programs because um, all of the music programs have such rich history um see why do they want to be involved with the program and then we we go from there and get them added in get them acclimated and start the whole teaching process and get them to be ready to perform in front of all those people that we perform in front of each weekend and you mentioned there that it's college bands so let's say they finish college university like how does it work then once they um graduate from university college etc are they still are they just going to move on from being in a band or can they maintain their part of being well, in a marching band well once you graduate uh you're kind of done with marching band um now you can there are a lot of community band programs but they mostly do concert band literature um throughout the year um but after a while honestly when you finish when you finish marching band i think your body kind of tells you hey enough is enough. Now. <laughs> this is this is a lot um you know I, if you think about it, i've been in band since seventh grade um, and I graduated high school in 2005. And so that, that, that's a lot of years of marching, carrying a drum. Um, it puts a lot of stress on your body. Um, it's almost like a football player constantly taking so many hits. After a while, your body just goes, you know what, no let's more, just sit back you. and enjoy this now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Very good. So, Very good. And we do have a lot of students, though. They graduate and they come back to assist and help teach and work within the program. Um, and it's great to have those students around because the younger incoming students get to see how much people love the program and it makes them want to work hard to keep such, the program. Yeah, but it, like it oh, it's such oh, it's community fun. and fun and, and just getting together. And, and there must be an almighty buzz when you're after completing an event as well. Oh, yeah, just... the band... the. The band is like one big family. Um, they love each other. They get upset. They hate each other, but then they go back and love each other. But they don't let anybody get close to them because they're there to protect each other. Um, you know, just coming together, getting to perform music, something that everybody's going to connect with. It is, it's an, a very amazing thing. And it's something that 
we know we just want to see continue happen because again no matter what's happening in the world we can always express ourselves through music and we find that to be essentially um very very important and mental health and keeping people going it's the sweetness of life yeah um, you know when you mentioned mental health so when covid happened and everything was shut down we saw a lot of students suffer because they didn't have that getaway to come back and just do music. So we had to find ways in which students were able to come get their instruments so that they can continue to play, so that they can have a release point. Even for me, myself, um, that was one of the things that kept me very calm and relaxed, was just getting able to go in my my own backyard or in my home and just, you know, play some music for a while um, and, you know, forget about all the terrible things that were taking place in the world during that time and put me in a, a much better headspace. So Music is very, very essential, especially when you're heavily invested in it. And like I said, um, many of these students, they wouldn't stay in school if they didn't have music as an outlet that they got to go to because they get to be they get to be themselves. They get to be very expressive. You know, normal classrooms, you go in, you sit down, you take out a notebook, you take the notes down that your teacher writes on the board. You ask a few questions and then you leave. But you come in with music, you sit down. You play with your friends, you're playing songs that you know, you're singing, you get to go march, you get to put on a production, and it's just fun. And before you know it, you've forgotten about all the stress of life and everything, and now you're excited to keep keep going. And that is one of the most important things that we want to continue to happen in music is just keep, keep let music continue to keep people going. Yeah. yeah, I saw it even here in my own country of Ireland here. I mean, when the pandemic shut everything down, mental health went, you know, mega bad um mm-hmm. so it's, it's lovely to see it coming back it's lovely to see it coming back now i have a few questions for you just to complete this wonderful episode if you were to mention one secret what is the biggest musical secret that you've learned so far ah the biggest musical secret that i've learned so far will definitely be to never give up keep pushing and don't be afraid to test the limits okay it's okay to be different that's perfect. That's what makes music music. Don't try to be like everyone else. Be yourself. You'll be happier that way. And just as a side question to that, if a student performs not so good and they're very disappointed in their performance, what advice do you have for them to get back up there and get out there and do their thing without self-incrimination? I would tell them to definitely use it as motivation. You know, I am always willing to tell you I've played and performed many times and made so many mistakes, but you can't dwell on the mistakes. You just have to think about what did you do wrong? How do you need to improve so that you don't make those same mistakes? And then remember that you're having fun while you're doing it and then go out and just do it. You got to keep trying. I always say nobody gets it right the first time. It might become close. Nobody gets it perfectly right the first time. So so use that as your motivation to get back up there and challenge yourself and do it again. And also you got to remember it takes courage to stand in front of a lot of people in a very vulnerable state and showcase what your talent is. And the fact that you're able to do that, that makes you a champion automatically. Because not everyone can do that. Yeah, no, they can't. They can't. That is so, so true. What has created the most impact in your musical life? Um, my just my my life in general. Um, writing music, majority of the music that I write is all based off things that have taken place in my life. 
um, that has given me inspiration to actually write and perform, whether that's um, family, happiness, um, death, um, just things in general, things that I have encountered is what I write. Every piece of music I've ever written, there's a story behind it. Um, there are some stories I'm completely open to telling. There's some things I always said they will stay with me forever. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, my life has been my biggest inspiration for writing because I look at the fact that I am a, I'm a young Black male that came from a very small town where your options were, um, if you were smart enough, you'll go to college or you'll go work in a factory or you may end up in jail. And I you know, had supportive parents who kept pushing me to always be better. And I was able to escape you know, that number of one of those guys who will be stuck you know, working in a factory or in jail or being on the streets. And I've been able to, like I said, travel the entire world to be an inspiration and be a motivational for other young Black uh, men as myself to show them that you can do anything that you put your mind to. That's, you know, you're just one illustration of what music can do in a person's life, how it can save mm -hmm. you from the bad choices, we'll say. It's it's fantastic. Exactly. Fantastic. And you mentioned there about your compositions, like, do you write for orchestra? Do you write just for marching bands or do you just write for simple percussion? I, I do a lot. I do some writing for marching band as well. Um, and then the majority of the writing that I do is for um, percussion. Um, I have written a few things um, for other wind bands. Uh, majority of those things are stuff that we play during football season for my marching band programs. Yeah. Um, so I haven't published any of those, but majority of all the things that are published are all for percussion or percussion ensemble. Okay. Um, so I love try to stay within that area and that world. Um, like I said, that's one of my, my, my strongest points is one of the things that I grew up yeah. on. So every day I look at it, I'm still learning, just trying to develop and get better at it. Yeah, fantastic. Striving for excellence, really, isn't it? What is the best tool that you choose to use every day? It could be for personal development. It could be for music. It could be for whatever. What is the best tool you choose to use? Um, oh, that's a tough one. You know, I, I do use so many. Um, well, I just try to want to try to stay try to stay healthy, do things that keep me healthy. Um, so I, I work out almost every single morning. Um, whether that's just running and that just kind of helps me also mentally and I know mentally if I'm healthy physically I'll be healthy yes. uh, that keeps me in a happy headspace to do the musical things that I want to do because music is, is as fun as it is music is also very challenging and can be very stressful but again it helps me know that uh, I'm doing something that I enjoy so mm -hmm. I need to take advantage of it as much as possible and not get frustrated by it but just try to find the fun side of it and to keep doing things that will inspire other people to want to keep doing great and things as well. I suppose you could add you could add to that that the environment has a lot to do with how you feel and create as a musician as well. Exactly, exactly. So your your if, environment is very important. So like, do you have things around your environment or do you have yourself positioned in a certain environment which really enhances you every day? Yes, I try to stay around positive environments. Um, so keep myself around positive people. Um, I love being around people who are pushing themselves to always be better. Um, there's always this saying that says, if you're around five rich people, you'll be eventually you'll be the sixth rich person. But if you're around five people who have no will and drive to do anything, you'll be the sixth person to have no will or drive to do anything. <laughs> that is so so I always, true. I always surround myself around people who want to continue to push yeah. themselves um i have friends who publish and write music and sometimes we compare music and it's like okay great you wrote something good all right i'm gonna go write something even better 
And we, it's not a, really a competition between us. It's more of just an encouragement of each other uh, to continue to keep pushing and to keep doing better. Um, f- finding the happy things, again, that makes you keep continue to want to do it is awesome. And are you very particular about what you listen to? I am. I'm kind of very particular what I listen to, but I also listen to everything. Um, now, there are things that I listen to for a little bit. I'm just going, ah, don't really too much care for that. But I, I want to listen to things, one, that send good messages. Um, I'm always listening for what the musical aspect of, of music and what it is doing. Um, is it challenging me to think uh, more? If it's not, I don't really like to listen to it too much um, because at that point, it's like there's nothing for me to figure out. Yeah. So. I am very and even, you know, when you, when you think of like bro- mainstream media is one example as well. I mean, listening to a lot of mainstream media can actually pull you down. Um, ah, yes, yes, like exactly. When you expand yourself into that whole arena of life, do you watch what you listen to as well there? Yeah, I watch what I listen to and I also watch what I watch because um, too, too much negativity that you see can actually, I believe, can make you become a very negative person as well. So again, I try to stay away from that. So you have to be very careful. And that's even going into things that are on social media, um, things you see on the news. Um, sometimes it's just better to kind of shut down from all those things and get away. And you realize that, you know, things are not as bad as a lot of people try to make things to be out. Um, it's good to stay informed, but be careful how informed you are. Um, you know, the saying of reading is fundamental. Um, the key words is fun to mental. So reading, pick up a book will help you not only enjoy, have fun, but it will expand your mentality so that you can advance and become better. And I do those things particularly with, especially with trying to be a good musician, um, or just being a good parent or being a good band director. Um, so always but find you know, things that's going to keep you in a with, good headspace. Exactly. So like when you, well, good headspace for creativity, for inspiration, for that to flow, you have to be in a good headspace. Exactly. You, exactly. You have to be. There's no other option for it. What is the number one growth tip you've discovered? Now you could relate this to music. You can relate this to life or both even. Um, number one growth tip I, I would say related to music is in order for me to grow, I've got to slow down. Um, yeah. I was in such a habit when I was younger to wanting to get things done so quickly. And okay, great. I got it one time. I don't need to practice it anymore. But I quickly realized I needed to slow down to understand all the fundamentals, um, understand all the techniques, mm-hmm. understand why these things are being done. When yeah. should I incorporate them in music? Once I did that, it made me so much more of a better musician. It made my ears expound more. So I knew what to listen to. Why was I listening to it? What should I be listening to it? Um, so now when I hear things, it's easier for me to pick up ways to go, oh, if we could do this with the music, this would make this sound this much better. We should do this, we should do that. Um, but you know, just being able to slow down and not be in such a hurry to want to yeah. get to that top level um, has made me grow and become such a much stronger musician. And it's the same thing within life. Um, just slow down, learn, listen, and then take your time and then you'll actually grow um, through your experiences. I mean, the key point is if you don't slow down, you can't listen. Exactly. you're going too fast. Exactly. Um, and, you, you s- know, you, you hear the, the saying on social media that people have only like a maximum, like we've got brains of goldfish, three second attention span. I mean, that's crazy when you think about it. You know, you really have to slow down and move away from that for a while to really yes. listen in depth, haven't you? 
Yes. So slow down, take it. You'll get there. Just slow down, slow and steady. And eventually you'll realize you're actually going faster than what you thought you could go. Yeah. So in 12 months, you can see a big improvement. And in your work with working with many students and all the rest of it, does social media have a positive or negative impact in, in your work with what you see when you're trying to achieve that level of excellence, whether it be with the bands or just with students individually or whatever? How do you I think it that? has a little I think it has a little bit of both. Um, it's very positive in the sense of seeing how the students are working hard to, to put out a product that everyone's going to see um, because they know that what they're doing is going to inspire someone else to want to do it as well. It becomes negative due to the people who can't do what they see someone's doing and all they have are negative things to say. So we have to continuously encourage the students to not harp or Think about the negative comments that come because you're never going to please everybody. Um, and just know that what you've put out, if you know you've put out your best and you've left everything out there for it, you have nothing else to prove. That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. And I tell students all the time, even when I'm thinking about being around more, better musicians who, who are much better than me, I, I don't look at it as a down thing of, oh, I'm not that great. I know I put out my all. I did the best that I could do and I live with that and I'm happy with that. And that makes me a really great musician because I know I've worked hard. So I don't have to worry about trying to compare myself with anyone. Um, I always say I'm my worst critic. You know, nobody else is going to be to be you know more critical on myself than what I will be. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people that you may play longer than me. You may play better than me. Um, but you will never work harder than what I will to get to what I want. You've got to keep well, that mindset. Yeah, you're, you're saying it in there, all that like, you're doing. Exactly. That, you know, you have to put in the effort. And when you have the effort, that gives you the confidence in a sense. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. it's all about effort. Now, where can people sign up for a workshop or how can they reach out to you or where can they see you in action? Um, yeah, you know, you please feel free to reach out to me on email. Uh, my email address is more T Patrick as M O O R E the letter T P A T R I C K at yahoo.com. Um, that's my, my, one of my email addresses that I do particularly when I'm traveling around the world. Um, I have no problem, um, getting back with people. My website, you can find it online. Um, you can find my music through, um, again, um, Kindor music or Alfred Publishing Company okay. and just contact me. And that's if you want me to do clinics, workshops, um, do different videos, um, Zoom technology has been taken off a lot since the pandemic. Um, so being able to assist with that. Um, I'm also willing to travel. Uh, I love traveling, get to coming in, making new connections with people. Feel free to reach out to me. Um, I can even leave my cell phone number if someone wants to call me. Yeah, sure. Uh, we'll have that. it all in the show notes. So if you just check the show notes there, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on audio, it's all there in the show notes. Just, yeah. Say that again. Show notes. Get my pronunciation <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, you can um, definitely call, give me a call, text or anything. Uh, my goal is I just want to continue to make music. It's happy. I love connecting with people. Um, enjoying all the different things um, in the oh, world. Oh yeah, but um, you know, isn't it great to get into groups of like-minded souls that just are there for the one purpose, having fun, connecting with music, creating excellence and going for the goal. Exactly, isn't fantastic? exactly. Isn't that what it's all about? So listen, it was great to have you on the podcast and thank you very much. Oh, thank you again. And keep up, you know, us up to date about what's going on if you have workshops coming out or anything like that we can yeah. tell the listeners. Yeah, thank no problem. Much. Thank you again for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure, my pleasure.